Hello and welcome to ClassicalPodcast.com. I'm Lou Smoley, and I'm here to tell you that more than 10 years, we have been streaming free programs of classical music not often heard in the concert hall or on other podcasts or radio programs, and this is all thanks to your generous donations. In order to ensure that our unique programs continue, we appreciate your ongoing support. We welcome donations, large or small, and remind you that because we are a nonprofit organization, your contributions are fully tax-deductible. Thank you so much for helping us to make ClassicalPodcasts.com one of the most listened-to websites of its kind in the world. Hello and welcome to this edition of Buried Treasure. I'm Lou Smoley, and for the next four programs, we're going to devote our uh, researches and our activities to music from Africa. This is a subject that I think is long overdue. Uh, Fortunately, more and more composers have come from Africa or have found interest in creating music about Africa, as it were, and it is to uh, their works that we devote these programs. During the late 19th and to some extent early 20th century, European composers uh, became interested in describing the, the uh, culture uh, of non-European uh, continents. This was particularly true about the Far East, where both China and Japan became of interest, uh, and there are numerous works that were derived from their cultures. And there have been several works, not often heard, unfortunately, that were devoted to expressing the composer's fascination uh, with the people and the culture and the geography and even the history. Uh, of African nations. Often this style of music combined elements uh, from Africa, rhythmic or melodic, uh, with and based upon the fundamental principles of Western music. One such composer uh, was the German uh, Karl Rudi Griesbach, who was born in 1916 just died uh, in 2000. Griesbach wrote a work that I think has become one of his most popular works. Uh, If you can say his performances of his music are often uh, conducted. Uh, And that is his African Symphony, written in 1963. Again, uh, it was Griesbach's intent, and he certainly satisfied it, Uh, to combine African touches uh, within the context of a European musical style. Uh, And uh, you'll hear this in the four movements of the work. They are presto. Second movement is a lamento über den Tod eines afrikanischen Helden, marked Largo Asai, a lament over the death uh, of African heroes. 
The third movement is a prestissimo, and the fourth moderato. Overall, the, the symphony uh, is an offering of solidarity and alliance with the African people's struggle for freedom. It incorporates, as I mentioned, elements of African music in a series uh, of connected pictures uh, where a stormy development of the continent is depicted, as is uh, its struggle for freedom uh, in the various countries uh, which contributed to that and their final victory. Peculiarities of the melodic line contain essentially African elements. There is emphasis on imitatoric and canonic counterpoint, generally in the formal shaping of the work. So let's listen then to the African Symphony by Carl Rudy Griesbach, performed by the Dresden Philharmonic, directed by Kurt Mazur.
begun our program on African music uh, with the African Symphony, written in 1963 by the German composer Karl Rudi Griesbach. I should mention at this juncture that, uh, of course, the history of Africa, seen from uh, a liberalized and properly so uh, political perspective, is uh, tainted, I think, a lot by the so-called uh, colonial period, and, and deservedly so, as I say. But there always are ironical elements in a history uh, of this kind. Uh, in, in one respect, uh, African-born individuals who's, who were shown to have a proclivity for composition, for music, um, and an interest in developing that proclivity, uh, and were given an opportunity to do so through travel to Europe, where many of them were trained in music, uh, and many of them as well came back to their native land uh, to acculturate themselves even more so with an aim uh, to describing and promoting uh, the glories of, of their nations. The next composer, who was not uh, an African, uh, Alan Bush came from England. His dates are 1900 to 1995. Uh, was not noted for his music of Africa, but he wrote a wonderful piece 
my three-movement work, uh, which is titled Africa, Symphonic Movement for Piano and Orchestra, Opus 73, which Bush wrote in 1972. It's in three movements, and they uh, combine European style again as a fundamental uh, with African elements in a, in a kind of, of integral uh, uh, regeneration. The first movement is allegro, moving into a più moderato and back to a più allegro. The uh, second movement, Menomoso, contains uh, a funeral march. And the final movement, marked allegro, then there's a più moderato section returning again, as in the first movement, to an allegro. Um, we will hear in this fascinating work uh, how well Bush uh, integrates these, these separate uh, but connectable elements from Africa and Europe. The pianist is Peter Donahue. Uh, with the Royal Scottish National Orchestra, directed by Martin Yates.
Our next composer uh, is an American-born uh, composer whose music, although uh, minimalistic in a sense, uh, mostly piano music, she did write orchestral music, but uh, the important thing about Marion Bauer is that she is slowly being recognized as one of the earliest uh, of the female composers in the United States who uh, became a respected teacher as well as a fine composer. Uh, and in this work, A Lament on an African Theme, which was her Opus 20A, she again connects up the dots, as it were, between African elements and with a foundation of Western European composition. Uh, we hear the Ambache Chamber Orchestra and Ensemble uh, in A Lament on an African Theme by the American composer Marion Bauer.
Our next composer's name has finally achieved a degree of status where I think many consider him the foundation stone on which uh, black American music has been written, and that's William Grant Still. His dates are 1895 to 1978. More and more recordings are coming out of his music, and I'm happy to say those recordings include two of the piano suite called Africa from 1928. It's in three movements, and they are Land of Peace, Land of Romance, and Land of Superstition. It was one of Still's first important compositions that established uh, him uh, amongst contemporaries. It's a piano solo uh, in this version we're going to hear, uh, which was prepared many years later. Uh, and in fact, the performer uh, of in, in this recording, Denver Oldham, uh, had much to do with, in, with that version. According to, to the composer's wife, not only is this the first recording of the piano work, it may very likely be its premier performance. Still uh, emphasized that the work, Africa, is intended to celebrate its heritage and its people in three depictions which deal with Her Majesty, magic, and mystery. So it's very critical of the work, um, as he was of many of his works, uh, I suspect because he uh, naturally compared them to the great works of the European composers before him. Um, but nevertheless, uh, he certainly uh, satisfied many of us who knew his music early on as a name worthy of bringing back uh, to enjoy uh, a degree of prestige that he missed in his lifetime. So then here is Africa, written in 1928 by the American black composer William Grant Still, performed by Denver Oldham.
music of William Grant Still, his Africa, was performed by Denver Oldham. It is ironically not surprising that many composers either went to or were influenced by or were even born in South Africa um, because it was probably the best developed uh, country in Africa at the time, or at least one of them, uh, and uh, it fostered education and music as well. Um, there was uh, the South African College of Music in Cape Town, uh, where uh, so many important uh, composers of the future had developed. And one might even say uh, that uh, there was a, a, a channel uh, from South Africa to Europe, to England in particular, uh, that enabled those capable and talented young budding composers in South Africa to develop their latent talents. Uh, and the one we're going to talk to now, talk about now, is one of the earliest of those composers, William Henry Bell whose dates are 1873 to 1946. Bell was a pioneer of music in South Africa uh, and had a great influence on the music that it developed. Uh, he was born in England, obtained his musical training from the Royal Academy of Music, was appointed professor of harmony and counterpoint there in 1903. He became an organist of All Saints Church in London. Uh, and had other educational uh, triumphs, particularly when he returned to Cape Town uh, and um, taught at the South African College of Music there. 1919, the college was incorporated with the University of Cape Town, and Bell uh, formed a music faculty for it. Uh, it was through his efforts uh, that the college uh, became a, a major contributor to South African culture. The South African Symphony was written in 1927. It is, as I say, in four movements. They are marked lento, allegro, the second movement, a scherzo, the third, an adagio, and the finale, allegro, energico. And they are performed now uh, by the National Symphony Orchestra of South African Broadcasting Corporation, conducted by Richard Koch.
We've just heard a South African symphony written by William Henry Bell, possibly one of the founders of music uh, in South Africa of the art, arts form. Uh, and um, it's quite a remarkable work, I think, as, as you've heard. We're going to go on now to a much lighter music um, by a composer who, it is surprising, has not, at least over the past half century, uh, achieved as much recognition as he should have. And I'm speaking of Edward Elzir Confrey, or known familiarly as Zez Confrey. Uh, his dates are 1895 to 1971. He's an American black composer. Uh, and we're going to listen to Confrey's African Suite. Here, we're not dealing with African elements as such um, in this piece, even though the title would imply that, um, as much as jazz influence. Uh, the touches of Jelly Roll Morton, George Gershwin, and others uh, make it clear that Confrey was more interested in developing that aspect of popular music uh, than necessarily making some kind of a statement about the importance of African culture, which I think he would have in any event. The movements are, and they again are familiar from jazz, the first is called High Hatton, the second Kinda Careless, and the third Mississippi Shivers. And all of that is performed now by the pianist Eteri Anjaparitsa. Um, the work African Suite is from 1924. Music of Zez Confrey.
We're going to close part one of our four-part series on music from Africa or about Africa uh, with a, I think, a monumental work, a symphony for a new continent, written by a composer who is known primarily for his film music, Alex North. Uh, his dates are 1910 to 1991. You may recognize his name from uh, music written for the film Exodus, so many others that, that could be named that Alex North uh, contributed to as composer. Uh, but I think the two that he wrote about Africa, one for the film Africa and this one, the symphony to a new continent, are striking uh, because he really tries more than others uh, uh, in the non-film-oriented area to create an atmosphere in his music. Um, it, it kind of evolves from the hardly audible sounds of the opening um, into a bizarre tapestry of descriptive sonic evolution. Uh, the music is measured against a billion risings and settings of the sun, as it were, and all of them seem to, to generate some aspect of what we hear. Uh, there is not here merely uh, neo-romantic uh, melodic material uh, with a couple of, of accidentally interposed African touches. This is certainly, I think, solid uh, a solid effort to generate an African character. Barking brass, whining strings, startling clashes, all violently unpredictable as the music goes virtually through thousands of centuries uh, in its development. Earth sounds become animal sounds. The savage, predatory, yet strangely innocent grunts and screams of the first reptiles and birds. From the angry, uncomfortable, homely face of newborn life, an occasional consonance is sensed. Life motion becomes ordered. Animal sounds become man sounds. Squawks, bangs, and other explosive cacophonies are the sound factors in man's first sense of awareness. As the human body learns to accommodate extreme temperature, pain, danger, at first, subtle pulses, then pounding rhythms articulate man's own life sound, the heartbeat. Some aboriginal instruments are used uh, in jagged cross rhythms, and weird wailing melodies express emotions not readily comprehensible to Western years, but unique and for that purpose need to be heard and understood. It's a great achievement for Alex North, I think, and that's why we've left it for the end of this first part to give you a sense of the, the remarkable aspect of this composer's brilliance in dealing with Africa in his Symphony for a New Continent from 1967. It is performed now by the Symphony Orchestra Granka with the composer Alex North as the conductor.
just heard The Symphony for a New Continent by the noted film composer Alex North, performed by the Symphony Orchestra Granke, directed by the composer. And with that, we're going to end part one of our very brief, in an ironic sense, uh, summary of, I think, the more important compositions that I hope will stir in you a recognition uh, that Africa has a great deal to contribute and is in the process of doing so, as it has been really for a good century now, uh, and and it is delightful that what we're what we're hearing uh, from that dark continent. So until the next time, uh, this has been Lou Smoley for Buried Treasure. And please don't forget to make a contribution to the website to keep it a free service. Just go to our homepage at classicalpodcasts.com where you can donate any amount through PayPal.